please, uh, please do that. Please um, pray about uh, giving, and not just giving to um, this outreach that they're that they're doing, this ministry that they're doing, but all the things that they do, uh, because all through the year um, there are all kinds of things going on uh, with with Grace Closet. Uh, giving uh, to folks that are um, sometimes in uh, the the worst moments of their of their lives. I mean, sometimes these folks are going through uh, really serious serious situations, and uh, we want to make sure that we are uh, there with people when they are in those kind of situations. Amen. We want to be there, you know, whenever somebody is at the bottom. Uh, and they are really um, frustrated and afraid. We want to make sure that that we're there uh, with them, saying, "Hey, you're not by yourself here." Because thank God, uh, probably for all of us, when you were at your rock bottom, someone was there to to say, "Hey, you know what? I, I'm from Jesus. Sent me here to be His hands and feet and help help pick you up." Amen. Hey, if you want to look at Jeremiah. Uh, 29 with me. We're gonna we're gonna look at a, a verse that's a very uh, very popular. A lot of people use this, but I want to um, look at this in a different way than what a lot of people. Uh, a lot of uh, people will post this. It's a, it's one of those uh, real Facebook friendly uh, chapters or or verses. Uh, some some of the Bible is pretty Facebook friendly. Some of it is not. If you ever read a lot of the Old Testament, there's some. Some some pretty pretty wacky stuff in there, uh, but if you know you know. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna look at Jeremiah twenty nine, and uh, and last week we we talked about being dreamers and believers are dreamers. Amen. Believers are dreamers. Amen. Come on, come on. We had fun last week. Pastor got up here with this with this frog sounding voice, but we just powered through it, man. And um, I believe that. As people of God, uh, as people that Jesus has rescued from all kinds of mess, okay, uh, Jesus has rescued us from an eternity of separation from God's goodness. Hey, is God good? Yeah. Amen. God's good all the time. All the time is uh, God is good. Well, guess what? Jesus rescues us from being separated from God's goodness for all eternity. That's what hell is. We ain't preaching about hell this morning, but I want to let you know that's what it is. All the goodness, all the you know, when you come to church and you feel the holy, this you know, you feel the Holy Spirit and you raise your hands and you say, "Man, God, who I felt God, I felt the Holy Ghost in the house this morning." Uh, hell is separated from all that, and so we we don't want that. And so, uh, so as believers, Jesus has rescued us from having to go through that. Jesus has rescued us from that thing, and he's given us life and life more abundantly, okay? And so as believers, you ought to be a dreamer. It doesn't matter if you are 5 or 50. Uh, it doesn't matter how what age you are, what season of life you are in. You ought to be a dreamer. Come on, somebody. Come on, you with me this morning. So don't be snoozing on me, all right? I know it got cold, and then it got warm, and then it got cold, and then it rained, okay? And then we ate a lot of, ooh, come on, somebody. 
<laughs> that cornbread dressing, man. Some of y'all, listen, we, we, ooh, we use the cornbread dressing from the First Assembly of God cookbook, and I, I don't know who wrote it, but they're probably going to be cooking at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I stand on that. Come on. Anyway, and so, but listen, I love all that. It is so good. Listen, if I could get in the gravy boat with an oar and just use it as a canoe down the mashed potatoes, I would do it. Uh, and I love it so much. But, but we're at church now, so let's not sleep. So anyway, but we talked about being dreamers and how believers should dream. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about the word next. Somebody say Next. Uh, next can be good. Come on. You sit in the DMV. Ooh, you sit in the DMV and man, I'm so thankful that we've got, uh, an office here in town. That's not actually the DMV, but you can go down there and get most of your stuff taken care of. Okay. But if you ever find yourself in the DMV and you're just sitting there for 47 hours, you know, you're so, like, you know, you're sending notifications. Hey, I'm still alive. I'm at the DMV. Uh, and you hear next, and it's your number. You're just like praising the Lord, you know, freedom. Mm. And so you go up there. Uh, so, uh, so next can be good if you're waiting in line. You're sitting at the DMV. Uh, next can be not so good. You know, what if you know what if you're at the proctologist? Next, oh Lord. Uh, listen, next can bring peace. Okay. Next can bring anxiety, all right? Uh, next can be prepared for. Ooh, man. Some of y'all was doing some preparation last week, man. I had to go to the store. Uh, they knew me by my first, last, and middle initial. By the time it was over, man, I had to keep going to the stinking store. I went to all the stores. And... Um, Anyway, but you had all that stuff prepared. Man, we baked so much cornbread. <clears throat> um, I, I, was fig- I, I thought it was going to be uh, somebody's going to call the, the cornbread police on us. But anyway, uh, next can be prepared for. Next can be unprepared for. Sometimes you don't know what's fixing to happen. Y'all, we almost burnt our entire stove down uh, the, wind, the, the night before Thanksgiving. We was just cooking up a storm, and all of a sudden the storm turned into fire. And I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> That's a Pentecostal stove, man. It was tongues of fire coming out of that sucker, man. And so anyway, we put it out, and we lived. But we weren't really prepared for that. We had to act on our feet. But I want to tell you a funny story real quick, and then we'll jump in this message. Um, I went to, uh, there's a, the, uh, uh, there's an amusement park in Texas. You probably never heard of it. Uh, it's called Six Flags. And I went there on a youth trip, and, uh, you know, I was uh, a dorky little dude, um, didn't, I barely even know how to tie my shoes at that point in my life. I think I was like 14, 13 or 14 years old, and uh, anyway, it was, it was pretty cringy, but I went there, and I was with my brother-in-law, well, he wasn't my brother-in-law then, but he is now, and I'd never been there, he had been there, and so he's like, hey, man, I'll just show you around, I, you know, I've been here, I'm kind of an expert, and so I'm like, cool, and uh, he's like, I'm from Texas, so anyway, and I'm like, but he's from like Linden, y'all, he ain't from no Dallas, anyway, uh, anyway, so I, I, we go in, and he's kind of giving me the, you know, the tour of Six Flags, and he's like, hey, do you ride roller coasters? And I was like, well, you know, no. You know, uh, the, about the only roller coaster I had rode at that point was the one that they set up in Piggly Wiggly parking lot. 
you know, and it's about 20 feet long and it's a circle. So it only goes 10 feet before it comes back around. Okay. And so, uh, he said, well, Hey, I love roller coasters and I want to ride a roller coaster. And I'm like, all right, bro. Well, I, you know, I've never really done a roller coaster, but I'll go with you because I believe you and I trust you because you're a good Christian man. And so, <laughs> and so we, so we went and we start walking up to this monstrosity. Let me tell y'all something. Mankind has come up with some amazing things. Uh, mankind has come up with some really neat stuff over the years. Come on, slice bread, that kind of stuff. But one of the bad things they have made is the roller coaster. And one of the worst parts of the, of the worst, Brother Claude, is in Texas, they got this roller coaster made out of wood. If I ride a roller coaster, I want it made out of metal. Okay? Because wood, it's, it's a lot that can go wrong with wood. I don't want to be thinking about termites when I am sailing through the atmosphere at 400 miles an hour upside down. I don't want to be thinking about that. And so, so he says, hey, brother, hey, let's go ride this thing. It's awesome. I've been on it before. And I'm like, well, you're alive, obviously. So, and so we go out, and, and I'm, I'm looking at this mountain. And I'm thinking, I don't think, you know, Jesus said, lo, I will be with you. Okay, so we, we shouldn't be up there. And so and I'm looking at this thing, and we're walking up, and y'all, the, the thing is going down, and the legs, I, I don't think it's supposed to do that, okay? It's just shaking, man. And I'm like, oh, man, and, and so I should have run, but I'm ignorant and peer pressure. And so we get in line, and we wait, and we get in the, and let me tell you what the worst thing about a roller coaster well, there's a bunch of worse things, but when that thing click, when the thing clicks down on your big old belly, and it goes click, you're done. You can't get out. You can't get out. And and God forbid you were so nervous that you had taken a deep breath and it clicks up here. But then when you start breathing regular, you got that much room. Now what are we going to do? I'm going to hold on with a death grip. But anyway, so the guy clicks the thing in, and I'm like, hey. Uh, I'm so scared. And you're sitting here thinking, what can I do? What kind of scene can I cause that will be so extreme that they won't send this thing, that they let me off? And I couldn't think of anything. So here we go, man. And we start going up this stinking mountain. And, and oh, boy, I have nightmares about this. And so we get up. To, and I've never been on a roller coaster, okay? Yeah. And so I get up to the side, and there's Wiley Coyote. Y'all remember him? That's that the dude, Chaser Roadrunner? Yeah. And it's, it, it says, can we talk about this? And then you go into nothing. And my, my souls came through my ears. My entire lower abdomen was in the back of my cranium. I mean, it was bad news, y'all. I'm just, it was, I was not prepared for that, Pastor Daphne. I was not prepared. I was not ready. And sometimes next comes at you that fast. Come on. Sometimes next hits you like a ton of bricks. It hits you like you just went down the Texas giant roller coaster and your whole entire body, all the cells in your body are flipped around backwards. That's how next flips you upside down sometimes. But I want you to know with, with God in charge, next is necessary. Come on, let me say that again. When God's in charge, next is necessary. Listen, when God began to create, he didn't just, you know, in the beginning, God created. And, and then he had day one and he said, that's good. No, he kept going. And here's the thing that I believe that God in his power and his magnificence, when he said, 
boom. Do you believe in the Big Bang? I do. God said bang, and there it was, cuz. And it's, it's, it's still going. We know we can look and see that the, the universe is still expanding from that one singular creation event. God is a God of next. Come on, y'all. And so when you get in good with Jesus, come on, you're not just sitting here still. God doesn't just want you, you know, hey, I want you to be a perfect little rock statue person. That's good right there. No, God wants you moving and doing things. He has mission for you. He has purpose for you. And listen, if you haven't got on that program, you need to do it. Come on, God's got something for you, and he's got something for you to do. Come on. You, we should not be people of, listen, we need to be hands and feet. He didn't say be the seat. He said be the feet. Come on. That's good. Listen, God wants you moving. God wants you doing things. And with God in charge, next is necessary, but you don't have to be freaked out. Come on. You don't have to be worried about what's next, about the decision that you may have to make, about the, the things that you may need. You know, hey, I may need to change the way I'm doing certain things. Uh, listen, we went to Mexico one time, and y'all know me. I don't like to be touched. <laughs> I don't like to be, somebody said, what, like, what do you do in a prayer circle? I'm like, I stand outside the prayer circle, <laughs> you know? Uh, what do you do if people are praying for you? I'm like, I pray in the Holy Ghost because <laughs> I have to. And Brittany and I, we went on a mission trip down there, and this dude come up to me, and he, he got in the mud, y'all. A hurricane had happened, and he got in this dirt road and made this mud, and he started wiping mud on my face and speaking Spanish, and I was just like thinking, Man, I hope this is like my Damascus Road moment, dude. I don't. I hope this is God, because otherwise it ain't good. And I was not. Yeah, you know, I wasn't ready for that. But with God, uh, sometimes we get out of our comfort zone. A lot of times we get out of our comfort zone because when you get comfortable, you get all settled in. Come on, that's why we fall asleep in these in these uh, in these church seats. We we'll go back to pews if you don't quit. Um, <laughs> You get all comfortable. And God, listen, God, does God want you good? Absolutely. Did God want you taken care of? Absolutely. But I don't think God really wants you comfortable. I think God wants you growing. Come on. And God wants you moving. And uh, listen, uh, we don't have to freak out about next because the future belongs to him. Amen. And it is in his hands. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. It says, um, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Come on, that's good. And then we'll, we'll skip down to verse 13. And it says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Now, a lot of people share this verse and they say, hey, man, you need to believe in yourself. You need to, because you know, God has a future for you. Well, listen, God's really talking to exiles here. God is really talking to some people that were captive in Babylon, okay? He's talking to a group of people that had been picked up, a nation of people that had been taken away from their home, put in captivity, and messed up. Does that sound like anybody we know? Come on, does that sound like anybody we know? Maybe that sounds a little bit like us, that we had served time in captivity, uh, maybe really, maybe literally, but we had 
times of our lives, seasons of our lives, when we were captive to sin and captive to an empire that is not of God, come on, and we lived there in that mess, that's not where you're from, come on, you may, you may have lived there, and you say, well, I'm not from there, I just stay in there right now, I'm living there for a season, that's where we were as sinners, hey, I'm not from there, I'm living there, but I'm not from there, and that's what happened with these folks, and so God says this, he says, hey, I have plans for you. I have a future for you, or you have a future in me. Come on. There's something there. And so for Christians, just like we talked about being believers, come on, believers are dreamers. Listen, a a, a Christian shouldn't be afraid about next. A, A Christian shouldn't be afraid about the future because God holds all that in his hands. And listen, this is talking about uh, people that were exiled, people that were taken away from their place. But I want you to understand two things. Number one is, is a lot of times that's us. A lot of times we're the exiles out in the wilderness of sin. And the second thing is we are part of this same tribe now. Come on. This is Old Testament stuff, but we are brought into that tribe. We are brought into that family. So this applies to you now because you are grafted in. You are part of this tribe that, that God says, Says, I have future, I have, uh, I have plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That's for you now, okay, because you're part of the family. And the second part of this, if you look for me, you will find me. But what does it say? If you look for me wholeheartedly, what does that mean? Wholeheartedly, come on, that's all of your heart, all of it. That, listen, this is what Brittany would say. She would say, my husband can't find anything. And I would disagree. I just haven't found the courage to disagree. Uh, I will go, y'all, I will open the fridge and I'm like, Brittany, we ain't got no ketchup. What are we gonna do? And she'll say, it's in there. I don't see it. It's in there. I don't see it. And she'll come and she'll open the fridge calmly. She won't even open the fridge all the way. Donna, she'll just reach in there and she'll look at me and she'll say, is this ketchup? And I'll be like, yes. And then she'll say, here's one. And she'll say, is this ketchup? And I'll say, how we get two ketchups? And she'll say, you couldn't find the first one and you bought the second one. That's okay. That's how it works at our house. But hey, but y'all, if a duck is flying six miles away, I'll be like, you see that duck right there? That's a mallard. Okay, but I can't find a bottle of ketchup. Lord, help him. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. Listen, he says, seek me with all your heart. Seek me with everything you've got. How do we do that? How do we do that? Number one, we make it an everyday thing. And every day and everything you do, seek God. Is God present in this? I believe that God can be present in every avenue and aspect of your life. Amen. Come on, your home life, your work life, all of it, God can be present. And if we're people that are full of the Holy Ghost, he should be, right? Come on. And so we look, everything we do, every word we say, every place we go, we say, is God in this? Is God in what I'm doing right here? And if the answer is yes, well then, boom, you're going to find him. He's going to be there. And if the answer is no, well then back out. If God is not in what you're doing, why are you doing it? If God is, listen, if it's not of the spirit of God, what spirit is it of? Come on. And so let's look at three things real quick about next. 
Um, so you may say, well, yeah, I've got a decision to make or I've got, you know, whatever. Um, I'm worried about next. I'm worried about my next step. I'm worried about should I, you know, should I step into ministry? Should I help with this? Or, or you know, should I, so we got all these should I, should I, should I, what? Okay, I'm gonna give you three things to look at real quick to help us understand, hey, is God in this? Is this, is this something God really wants me to do? The first is <clears throat> next does the next thing glorify God? Does it glorify him? The thing that maybe you're thinking about doing, maybe it's a, a, a job, maybe it's a, uh, something that you wanna, maybe it's something you wanna take up, uh, a hobby or anything like that. Maybe it's a word that's about to come out of your mouth. That can be next, come on. Somebody will say, choose your next words very carefully. Come on. Uh, maybe it's a thought you're about to think. Does the next thing, whatever it is, does it glorify God and bring us closer to him? Does the next thing that you're about to do, say, whatever, does it glorify God and does it bring you closer to him? If the answer is no, well, then maybe it's not the right thing we should be doing. If this, hey, does this glorify God? Mm, I don't know. Well, then maybe we need to back up, okay? You play with fire too long, you're going to get burned, amen? We want to glorify God with everything we do, with every word that comes out of our mouth, with every breath we breathe. We want to glorify Jesus, amen? Uh, and so we got to be real, we got to think about next, the next thing we say, the next thing we do. You know, somebody gets mad at you or somebody's rude to you and you just go off. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really bad about when I'm on the, when I'm on the road and somebody gets all up in my, my personal space and I kind of get upset and I had to realize <clears throat> I was on my bike one day, me and pastor Jason and somebody cut us off bad and I almost crashed into him and, and I, I, I revved my engine up brother and I, you know, and, and I went around, we were on main street and I went around and immediately, man, the Holy Spirit's just like that. Are you representing me or are you right now? And I'm like, ooh. And so I made, the, I made the block and this person happened to be, they had gone around and they were fixing to turn back on Main Street. And I, walked, I went past and I just was like, hey, thumbs up, it's okay. It's, I apologize, you know, we're all good. And so we gotta be careful about that stuff. And you need to be ready. Don't be making decisions on the fly. Pre-decide how you're gonna react to those kind of things. Like, hey, I'm not gonna go flying off the handle, okay? And then when you've gotta decide next really fast like that, you know, something happens, you can say, you know what? I've already kind of, I've already thought about this. I've already prayed about this. The second thing, does next better you and cause you to grow as a person? Because God wants those things for you. God doesn't want you sitting still, being stagnant, and just dying on the vine. No, God wants you to grow and flourish. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. Come on. And God wants that for you. And so the next thing, uh, is it a word? Is it a, an idea? Whatever it is, does it cause you to grow as a person? If not, maybe we should think of, oh, wait a minute now. Maybe we should back up. Come on. Uh, so uh, when I get around sweets, my next can cause me to grow in a negative way. And, and, I, and I look at those things and I know next could be eating 46 donuts right now. 
Uh, sometimes people bring donuts to the office and I'm like, ain't nobody around. <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody counted the donuts before, before they left. If I eat six of them, how are they gonna know? And so we gotta think about those things. Does that make me better? No, it doesn't. We wanna be doing things that cause us to grow in our relationship with Jesus, that cause us to grow as people. You know, you could sit here and, and doom scroll Instagram or TikTok for three hours and wake up and go, whoa, I just spent three hours looking at my phone on TikTok. Or you could do something that helps your brain not turn into jello. Come on. And so we need to think about that kind of stuff when we're thinking about next. And finally, this one is so, is so stinking important. <clears throat> Does next better others and build them up? You, sometimes our pride gets so crazy. We want to tell somebody off. Somebody says something and we want to just own them. We want to say something smart aleck and get back with them. And, and y'all, I almost got brought into this Somebody posted something about women, about Paul <clears throat> prohibiting women from, from teaching and preaching. That's not in the Bible, okay? This church will always, as long as I'm the pastor, stand on that biblical truth. The, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament support women in ministry. It's the biblical truth, okay? Uh, it's very hard to argue against that um, if you read your Bible. But anyway, somebody posted this and, and I, it just kind of got under my skin. And I was like, well, what do we do about this lady that served in ministry in the Bible that Paul, uh, that Paul empowered? What do we do about Deborah who was over, the Bible literally says that she led the entire nation of Israel. What do we do about those? And then the person came back and I thought, okay, what am I doing? Why am I getting in this stupid argument on Facebook in a comment? This is so dumb. And I say, hey, you know what? Let's just, let's just agree to disagree on this. I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me. And so you need to think about when, when you're interacting with people, when you're doing things for people. Uh-oh, hold on. Let me get in your personal space for just a second. Sometimes you can, in generosity, hurt somebody. Listen, if all you do is hand somebody a fish when they're hungry, they ain't never going to learn how to cast a fishing pole. Some of us as parents, let me get really, really real real quick. Some of us as parents forget about this because our babies, if they're 12 or if they're 36, our babies get to crying and, and we want to provide. And so, oh, 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 I'll help you, I'll help you. But the best help for your child is for you to say, hey, I love you, but you're going to have to fix it yourself. Come on. The best help for your kid, if you want to have a, you, listen, you're not raising strong children. You're raising strong adults. I need a better amen on that. You're not raising kids. You're raising adults, okay? If you've got young ones, you need to think about that. You don't want to wake up when, when this person, this a grown man is 23 years old and doesn't know how to fold his own drawers. Come on. I, as long as they get in the right drawer, okay? Listen, you got a, you got a grown man who doesn't know how to, let's, let's, joking aside, a guy that doesn't know how to order off a menu by himself, 
A guy that doesn't know how to call and set up a doctor's appointment by himself because he's scared because somebody's always done it for him. You're not helping your kids. You're not helping your kids. I love you. And I love, I love your kids. doesn't matter what age they are. But the best thing for us sometimes is a little bit of hardship. It's a little bit of hardship, okay? And so I know, I know this could be super offensive, and maybe it needs to be. Sometimes you got to be a little offended so you can realize something. Come on. Um, and so when, when you're parenting, is if I just keep giving everything, 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 and my children never have to uh, earn their own way, am I really teaching them? Am I really raising them up? Or am I setting them up for failure as adults? We do something with, with ours. Um, we say when we're at a restaurant, we try, it doesn't always happen, sometimes it's chaotic, but we try to make our kids order their own meal. Now, sometimes it gets weird, okay? You know, you're like, hey, Jonah, can you tell the nice lady what you want? And he's like, I want chicken nuggets that look like dinosaurs. Like, okay, calm, calm down. He wants chicken nuggets. Like, okay, sometimes it gets a little weird, but listen, you want to build up, okay? And we got, we got way off on parenting here, but that makes a lot of sense. Does, does your, the next thing you're going to do, does that build someone up? Does that better that person? If not, maybe you shouldn't do or say it. Maybe you shouldn't be doing or saying that thing. Now, does that mean you should never get on to anybody or you should never call, you know, say, hey, uh, listen, you were driving on the wrong side of the road and that's a problem. Listen, I'm, no, sometimes you got to call somebody into right behavior, but that builds them up. That brings them up, okay? We don't, listen, we want to be people. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let's talk about talking for just a second. Uh, it says build each other up. We're not here to tear down, okay? We're here to build up and to speak truth and life into people, okay? And so when you think about next, what is my next action? What is my next thing I'm going to say or do Think about those three things. Does next glorify God and bring you personally closer to him? Does next better you and cause you to grow as a person? And does next better others and build them up? And if you can knock those three out, I think that you'll make some good choices. I think that you'll move in some right directions and I think God will honor it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, um, before we close, if you would stand with me and I just wanna pray because sometimes we need a little we need a little help with our decision-making. And sometimes we need God to just remind us, hey, you know, stay on track here. And so I want to do something. I, yeah, I'm getting signals from the back. Um, I want to just do something. I want to pray together. And I think maybe some of us have had some anxiety over next. Maybe you've got a big decision. <clears throat> maybe you've got a season that you're, that you're getting ready to step into. And maybe you've had some anxiety. And I just want to, I want to pray and remember that God holds the future in his hand. Amen. And with God, what do we say? The best is yet to come. God's got this, right? Right? We believe that. And so we don't have to be, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to have anxiety as we go through our lives because God's got next. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, I just pray right now for my friends and my family. God, I just pray.